See It or Screw It is a spoiler-heavy show. If that's an issue for you, then you can currently watch History of the World Part 1 on Hulu. If that's not an issue for you, then on with the show. My name's TJ Davis, he, him, pronouns alongside... Or welcome to Cedar Screw It. My name's TJ Davis, he, him, pronouns alongside... I am Emily Schick. My pronouns are she and her. Oh, wait, I mean, I'm Dan Murphy, and my pronouns are fuck and this, because I am playing the part of Dan for this episode. <laughs> oh, okay. And in the yeah, role of Dan I'm... on this episode is Emily Schick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm still here. I'm Dan Murphy. My pronouns are he and him. And on this episode, we are talking about the 1981 classic, fuck you guys. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> I mean, the world if you're going to point, Mel Brooks has better films than this. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, most I'm not, well, not, not going to disagree them, with that. Absolutely. We're not, we're not at the review part of it yet. <laughs> um, but yeah, before we get into the movie, let's get into the movie. Um, this is a meandering plot set across several different. It's not even a plot. It's just a bunch of. It's two. It's two half plots, uh, and then really just a bunch of skits. Like yeah, yeah, and it doesn't work as well as you know modern kind of sketch comedy sort of stuff does. Yeah, I mean, it takes advantage of the t- fact that at the time there wasn't as many sketch comedy options as we have now. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. it definitely has some Monty Python vibes because you think... Well, it's you ripping know, off Monty Python. Yeah, it's ripping off Monty parts. Python badly. Like, like for Brian and the Spanish Inquisition gag are better executed than both of their ancient Rome and their Spanish Inquisition musical number this. Like, yeah. <laughs> both came before this, which is crazy. You know, it's like... Mm-hmm. But I love this the has been dumb before and dumb. It's a cute musical number, but like, let's face it: if you want good Spanish Inquisition humor, like, this definitely is Monty it. Python is way funnier than this. Monty Python Absolutely. does it better. I, I won't. I won't disagree with you on that. All right, so let's get through the plot. Uh, the film is a parody of the epic film genre, including the sword and sandal epic and the period costume drama subgenres. The four main segments consist of stories set around the Stone Age, the Roman Empire, the Spanish Inquisition, and the French Revolution. Other immediate skits include reenactments of the giving of the Ten Commandments and the Last Supper. All right, so first one, Stone Age. Caveman, including Sid Caesar, because kids love Sid Caesar, depicts the invention of fire, the first artist, which in turn gives rise to the first critic, uh, we should oh, also probably mention that Orson Welles does all the narration for this. Yeah, and they kind of underuse him. Like, they definitely do underuse him. They're, like, he doesn't talk about, out, you know, oh, frozen peas at all. So <laughs> That's a deep cut, Dan. Kids will get that one, too. <laughs> nice. Uh, the first marriages, homo sapiens and then homosexual, primitive weapons, particularly spears, and the first funerals, also depicted, are early attempts at comedy and music by smashing each other's feet with rocks and thus creating orchestra and an orchestra of howls. That's the Stone Age. Yeah, On to- no, honestly, much of the Stone Age gags, like watch uh, Cave Person Day clips of, uh, of ca- Cave Person... Yeah, Cave Person Days from Sesame Street. Like, those are funnier than most of these skits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Next up, we have the Old Testament, and God damn it, I still love, I still laugh so much at this gag. Uh, it's a good gag. Moses, mm. played by Mel Brooks, comes down from Mount Sinai, carrying three stone tablets, having received the law from God. The voice of an uncredited Carl Reiner. Kids love Carl Reiner. As Moses announces the giving of the law to the people, he drops one of the tablets, which shatters, and he corrects his proclamation from 15 commandments to 10. The Lord has given unto me these 15. 10. 10 commandments. <laughs> it's like, yes, that gag was kind of funny. I'll no, that gag, that. it's a that good was, gag. It's, it's, a good it's gag. just like... I, it's not Moses... enough to prop the whole thing up. Well, I mean, it's also just like... I it kind of show like why it's this is the only gag that they they Moses appears twice in the film he appears here and then he parts the sea at another point in the film and it's just like I feel like you know rule of threes alone means that Moses should show up more but there's a like lack of interconnectivity between a lot of these sequences that like like a character like Mo Moses could have been an interesting bridge, especially because so much of what Mel gives, well, Mel Brooks is is interested in is just kind of like like how Jews are portrayed in history. Um, yeah, de yeah, definitely not, not Mel Gibson on that. Yeah, one. definitely. Well, Mel Gibson's interested in how Jews are portrayed in history for different reasons. But yes. <laughs> yeah, Ugh. but like Mel Brooks, like I, you know, I I think that there's. There's a through line that's missing in this film, and it's really apparent as it jumps between these segments. Especially, like, why is Bill Brooks the only person who plays multiple characters? Like, why didn't, like, the rest of the cast, like, like why didn't this feel, like, more ensemble-y? Like, I, I just yes. don't understand that decision. 100% agree with you there. It would have made way more sense if it did. It um, does make way more sense when they chose to actually do that. But we'll talk about that later. <laughs> oh, did you watch through it too? Not all of it, but I oh, watched okay. a good chunk of it. <laughs> that, I think that's I, what I, kept I think... me until eight o'clock because I wanted to finish it, and I had an episode and a half left. Mm. Yeah, I have not watched part two. I have not yeah. heard great things. I'm not really planning. Honestly, on part two. it's good. Um, okay, we'll we'll get to that later. Yeah. All right, on to the Roman Empire. Comicus again. Brooks is a stand-up philosopher or a bullshit artist. Uh, dispensing wisdom in the style of a stand-up comedian. He is notified by his agent, Swiftus. I'm going to start skipping over some names, because nobody cares who played Swiftus. I don't know. Was Ron Carey somebody? Probably. 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 I mean, same I thing with, like, Miriam. I'm guessing she was probably somebody, but... Hey, hey if no you're a big... Who... Apparently, if you're a big Dawson's Creek fan, she plays Dawson's mom. So... Oh, <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Boy. <laughs> um, so Swiftus notifies Comicus that he has landed a gig at Caesar's Palace. En route, he meets and falls in love with, like, love at first sight with a vestal virgin named Miriam. Played and it's by just creepy. Mary He's way too, like, she's, like, the age difference is just young. so, yeah. so creepy yeah, here. Yeah, it's so creepy. It's so creepy. Like, it's so obvious and it's so creepy. Like, it's really uncomfortable. And, like, this happens again in the French Revolution skits, too, so. Yeah, it does. And again, it's just, like, it's I don't see why you didn't way... have the same woman play both parts because they kind of mirror each other in so, such significant ways. It is that, really like, odd not to have the same woman playing both of those parts. I, I yeah. disagree with you on that. Uh, yeah. Like, at least it seems like he has some regrets about at least the French Revolution skit and, like, at least putting himself in that role. Uh, 
But yeah, he we'll, still wrote. No matter what, he wrote that role. Yeah, so. he still wrote it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he also befriends an Ethiopian slave named Josephus, played by Gregory Hines. Kids love Gregory Hines. Hey, Gregory Hines is really good in this. All <laughs> like is. that's one of yeah. the things. Like, like he actually sells this terrible character fairly well. <laughs> like, yeah, he does. Uh, Josephus is conscripted into the service of Empress Nympho, played by Madeline Kahn. Always love Madeline Kahn. And if I mean, you she kids don't to... love Madeline Kahn, you should. <laughs> I mean, it's a Mel Brooks movie. She she should be in it. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Comicus performs for Emperor Nero, played by Dom DeLuise. Kids love Dom DeLuise. Oh, <laughs> I don't know God. why the fuck I'm doing that. Uh, I mean, he's he, you know, he's good in the Muppet movie. I don't know. He had some cameos that were fun, but like, I don't know. His humor in particular has really not aged well. It's all just yeah. really lame pratfalls. Like, yeah. Oh, I, I still love him in Cannonball Run. <laughs> it's not yeah. a good movie, but yeah. like, no. I have fun watching it. <laughs> I mean, I'm, su- I'm surprised I'm... they haven't attempted to remake Cannonball Run. Honestly, <laughs> me but... too. Yeah, like, an we, we got a Death Race you. remake before a Cannonball Run remake. Yeah, you know, and I mean like a, yeah. a legit Cannonball Run remake. I'm not counting Rat Race, even though Rat Race is like 15 years old at this point. So yeah, yeah, and it's pretty Cannonball Run. Actually, I think a yeah. Rat Race is older than 15. I think it's closer to 20. Yeah, you could be wrong. All right, um, unwisely joking about the Emperor's weight and corruption, or yeah, Comicus performs for Nero, and makes bad jokes that the uh that nero takes offense to um Joseph honestly is... his, his 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 comedy routine up until the jokes that offend nero are pretty funny it like that's some of the better yeah. jokes in the movie mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um josephus absentmindedly pours a jug of wine into nero's lap and they are ordered to perform a gladiatorial fight to the death they instead fight their way out of the palace assisted by miriam and empress nympho Comicus, Josephus, and Swiftus briefly take refuge in Nympho's, pal- in Nympho's palace, posing as eunuch guards. No, the only one that poses as a eunuch guard is Josephus. Uh, when yeah. Josephus, Josephus's visible arousal exposes them, why That's not just say when his boner? <laughs> I don't know. I, I like, well, I mean, the way that this is, whole, like, I... It's one of the gags that's just like, this gag is really, really stupid, but I really do like how they visually represent it with like like going into X-rated like area. Yeah. Like the feather lifting, I think is actually kind of funny. I agree. There's a frame when he's jumping out the window that I'm guessing it was whatever mechanism they use to lift the feather, but it looks, you know, long, dark, and rubbery. (laughs) Eh, I didn't notice it. Oh, it's, I didn't it's like it either. two frames. If there's a dick on screen, I'll notice it. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. Ew. <laughs> anyway. <Yeah>. anyway. <laughs> Exposes them as imposters. They are chased by soldiers led by Marcus Vindictus. Shecky Green. Uh, it's uh, such a good name that just doesn't work. Like. What? Shecky Green? Know. No, 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 Marcus Vindictus. I, oh, I love yeah. that name, but it's just like, 
there's there's like something like you know it's it, it, there's a way you can mine that name for humor and they and it's just like it's a funny name we don't do anything with it it's no biggest dickus from life of brian yeah like, mm-hmm. i mean you think that the way you do it is you make him like vindictive on his troops because he's blue balled by empress nympho all the time yeah but it doesn't play that frustration but he's yeah. just yeah a, he's just it's a not, dick it's not played that yeah way. yeah like he's not vindictive; he's just an asshole. Yeah. Like. Yeah. There's a then, difference. And then they escape in a cart pulled by a horse named Miracle, uh, lighting a huge marijuana joint to, like, huge marijuana joint to put the pursuing soldiers into a stupor. Hey man, do you think it'll fall? What? The Empire, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Good moments. Good moments. Uh, they sail to Judea, where Comicus takes on a job waiting tables, and blunders into a private room where Jesus is having the Last Supper with his disciples. Comicus interrupts Jesus, played by John Hurt. Like, if you don't love John Hurt, then what the fuck's wrong with you? Uh, repeatedly, using his name in the modern sense as an interjection. Jesus, yes? Get the Escalade, we're out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Still, good gag. Uh, it's, I mean, it's a, I don't know. It's, it's not, it's not the most creative gag of the world. It's also just sort of like, this is how the Roman empire segment ends. Like it's so like, there's no like resolution to what they set up really. I know it, it's <laughs> extremely frustrating. It's like, wait, what? Yeah. We spent like half the movie with these characters and then they're on the run. Let's move on to the next segment. Like, well, I mean, Technically, they escaped. They're on the run, and they end up running into Jesus shortly before his crucifixion. Right, and Uh, then it goes nowhere. Leonardo da Vinci comes in to to, uh, paint the group's portrait, directing them to all sit on one side with Comicus behind Jesus, where he raises his platter, where his raised platter looks like a halo. I don't know. I mean, I feel like this segment, this whole segment with him as a waiter, like, I don't feel like it should be Comicus. I feel like they should have just, like, made this a whole different segment. Like, I guess it, yeah, I mean, I realize that takes place during the same time period, but, like, it's just so disconnected from what we've established Comicus as a character. Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. (laughs) (laughs) It's a weird way to end this segment. I will yes. absolutely agree with you on that. They should have just gotten away on Miracle instead of sailing through. Yeah. 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 No, no. Just get away on Miracle, end it there, then have a new segment to do your gag about, out, um, you know, Leonardo da Vinci painting The Last Summer, Supper and getting your Jesus is, uh, what? Yes. You know. Yeah. Like, just make that its own thing. You don't involve the same characters because they don't add anything. Yeah, because outside of the establishing shot of, like, I'll take the waiter, I'll take the cashier, yeah, uh, I'll take, I forget what the fuck he says. Is he's, he takes the dishwasher. It's never paid off. Like, yeah. it's, like, yeah. why? we never and, see and, either of them again after that establishing shot. Yeah, no, and, and it's the same with thing Mel with, Brooks. like, what, what was, what was his, his agent, his agent Swiftest? Like, he rides off on Miracle, never be seen again? Like, Well, he rides off on Miracle to go find him a job. Yeah. yeah. And they've got a job. But, like, yeah. you know, being an agent. No, I but mean, then it doesn't then... work. It doesn't work at the end. End when they ride off to the end, because yeah, yeah. That, then why the fuck is you know 
Gregory Hines. Well, I mean, that's that's. I mean, that's the whole thing is is like everyone should be on uh, on the cart at the end. It shouldn't mm-hmm. just be a uh, what is it? Just Josephus. 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 Yeah. So yeah. All right. On to the next segment. We've got the Spanish Inquisition. The what Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you Torquemada, what do you say? Uh, the Spanish Inquisition segment parodies a grandiose uh, Bubsby Berkeley style production. Kids love Bubsby Berkeley. <laughs> I mean, I think this musical number is funny. It's just like, why is it here? Yeah. Um, you know, sort of side comment about why is any of this any of the way it is? Like, this is... By and large, I take I read this as humor that would feel dated to our parents. <laughs> like in as in these you know how like you're you know the our silent generation grandparents like have this like really tame, boring, shitty version of a sense of humor and like it's like oh that that you know oh that's so funny and it's like it is I don't think it is. Uh, that's basically the humor in this entire film for me. I, like, I don't disagree. It, it's it's like it, it's like my, it's like my, you know the great uncle that used to like be like, oh yeah, let me tell you a joke, and you're like, not once has one of your jokes been funny. No, no. I mean, like, like a lot of this comes off as like this is this is a movie that your creepy uncle thinks is amazing, and you're yes. like, really. Yeah. Or like those shitty guys that you knew in high school, because like that's how I remember this movie existing at all was, you know, there was always a couple of guys who were like, oh, yeah, it's the greatest movie ever. And I'm like, no, I, I just I have no interest in this, but almost purely based on your recommendation. Well, just you guys wait until I make us all watch the Kentucky Fried movie. I hate yeah. you so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've never wanted to watch that movie, and you keep on no. trying to suggest it. I really don't want to watch it. Keep shooting it down, Dan. Let's just yeah. keep shooting it down. He made us watch he made me watch this. I'm not I'm not put up with that. Yeah, yeah. I really don't think it well, do, we'll see how much we can say get about what this. Aged but... like Malk is. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just like have something that has a narrative. You can talk about a narrative. Like this is just so like failed attempts at almost having a narrative. And like Kentucky yeah. Fried movie, I'm pretty sure has even less. Like uh yeah, the Kentucky Fried movie has even less narrative. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like I can get on board with a movie that doesn't have a narrative if like that's kind of you know if if it's meant to be a series of sketches and they're cohesive enough to still work well together like it's like it this feels like it's somewhere in between trying to do the sketch thing and trying to do like the narrative thing and fails to do either yeah i mean like i feel like the original scary movie kind of worked as a spoof in ways that this fails like yeah you know exactly so, I mean, like, honestly, I probably think this is funnier than Scary Movie, but, like, Scary Movie does have a narrative to it, so. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're going to do a uh, movie clone of Scary Movie at some time, at some point, yeah. when Shriek, if you know what I did last Friday the 13th, is on something that we can watch. I mean, at some point, we should, I mean, should we be including Scream as well? Because it's always hilarious if, like, Scream was kind of half-assed intended as a spoof and then people thought it was legitimate horror and then it ruined horror for about a decade so i mean we can throw that in there too (laughs) fucking scream six is still a thing i guess 
franchises still going. I've heard oh, good I things see. about Scream Six. I just I hate the first one so much. I haven't seen any of the sequels, but the first one sucks. People are dumb for liking it. Oh, I've seen all the sequels. Uh, you should have wa- at least watched the third one because Jay and Silent Bob make a cameo. I know they're in it. I don't Bob. give oh, a shit. <laughs> I should have watched that one. <laughs> uh, it's, it's not a good movie. I'll, I'll tell you right <laughs> away. It's not a good movie. Um, all right, so we're still Spanish Inquisition, consisting of an extended song and dance number featuring Brooks as the infamous Torquemada. The uh, sequence opens with a herald introducing Torquemada and making a play on his name. Despite pleas for mercy from the condemned, you can't Torquemada anything. Talk him Talk about it. anything. Yeah. I, I don't... Well, uh, like, I don't even know why, like, somebody bothered to edit that like that one bit into it it's like yeah hey, this is hey, my this addition is, to this hey, wikipedia. this is what this is wikipedia we're talking about <laughs> maybe this is the funniest joke ever to your to your horrible uncle <laughs> <laughs> but what if i'm the horrible uncle uh, yeah I mean, that wouldn't have crossed this way like... <laughs> Uh, You're the one who wanted us to watch this film. I mean, like, I still feel like at some point we probably should watch Blazing Saddles, but like, ugh, this oh, movie. at some point we're totally going to watch Blazing Saddles. Like, we're, we're definitely going to do some more Mel Brooks in the future. I ugh. feel like it'll, that has to have held up better than this. I mean, it'll probably all like, be age like Malk. I don't know. Yeah. I'm fairly certain that the young Frankenstein still has its merits. I haven't seen Blazing Saddles in way too long, though. So. Yeah. All right, instances of comical torture, including a spinning Iron Maiden and water torture, uh, reimagined with nuns performing an Esther Williams-style aquatic ballet. Jackie Mason and uh, Ronnie Graham supply cameos as Jewish torture victims. Yay! (laughs) Yay! And I was much rejoicing. Oh, wait, that's a better film. Yes, it is. I just referenced. (laughs) Yep. All right, now we are on to the final segment, the French Revolution. In her Paris tavern, Madame de Frange, played by Cor- Cloris Leachman, incites a mob to plot the French Revolution. Meanwhile, really underutilized Cloris Leachman here, mm-hmm. I yeah. gotta say. Like, I, she has like one gag. Like, she's a funny actress. Like, you could have done so much more with her. Yeah, she really did only have like, well, she only had like one scene. She has two scenes, but it's just like there's there's more to do with her. Like all she really has is a gag is that that like I repeat after me cough, cough, spit like, you know, that's about the only gag that she has. Yeah. And again, it's like so many like the walk this way, the repeat after me. It's like you did the same freaking gag in Young Frankenstein. Like, why are you revisiting this? So, yeah, that gag gets revisited. A lot throughout Mel Brooks. <laughs> yeah. Um, meanwhile, King Louis of France, again played by Brooks, is warned by his advisors, Count de Money, uh, de Monet, uh, played by Harvey Corman, who you might recognize from Blazing Saddles, uh, and Vernes, played by uh, André Vutsinas? Vutsina? Yeah, sure, kid, whatever. Sure. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, that the peasants do not think he likes them. A suspicion reinforced by the king's use of peasants as targets in a game of skeet. A beautiful woman, Mademoiselle Rimbaud, played by Madeline Pamela Stevenson. Yep, don't have any fun trivia about what else she's done. 
Apparently Superman 3. <laughs> yep, that's what I saw. Yeah. Mm. Uh, as Apparently King she's Louis. now a lady, so you know, she married a she married a knight. Yeah, cool. cool. Um, ask King Louis to free her father, who has been in prison in the best deal for ten years, which he only agrees to if she will have sex with him that night. Demoney persuades King Louis to go into hiding, and a lookalike, Jacques, also Brooks, whose job is to hold buckets for the aristocrats to urinate into, is chosen to impersonate Piss boy. the king as a decoy. Piss yeah, boy. why don't they just call him the piss boy? Yeah, I yeah. mean, I they literally do call him the piss boy, but oh, also, no, I'm just saying in the yeah. summary, why don't they call him the piss boy? Yeah, yeah I know, I don't, and I don't know why, but I yeah. also I uh, now understand where piss boy came from in the game Guillotine. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean that's why yeah. I always say it as piss boy. <laughs> uh, that night, Rimbo. Uh, wait, yeah, yeah. That night, Rimbaud visits Jacques, believing him to be Louis, to consummate the deal to free her father, and he pardons him without requiring sexual favors. After Rimbaud and her senile father, Spike Milligan, who are you, Spike Milligan? You were probably somebody at some time. Mm -hmm. Oh, a fucking Irish actor, comedian, writer, musician, poet, and playwright. There we go. Spike Milligan. Uh, return from the prison, peasants burst into the room and take King Jacques to the guillotine. When Rimbaud exclaims that only a miracle can save him, Josephus inexplicably arrives in the cart pulled by Miracle, and they escape, riding off toward the mountain carved with the words, the end. Th Which this, obviously this sequence Swift was one of the funniest, driving. but yeah. this is still one of the funniest se se like sequences in this entire movie to me. I mean, that's the thing, is this ending works... Like, it's just like, I wish that there was more connectivity all the, between the skits. And the fake previews at the end work, work for me yeah, generally, the, too. Yeah. yeah, fake previews are fun. Previews of coming attractions is the final, final segment. Yeah. Um, the end of the film presents a mock teaser trailer for History of the World Part 2, coming soon. The trailer is narrated by books, Brooks and shows clips of segments. Hitler on ice, a Viking funeral... And Jews in Space, a parody of Star Wars. Yeah. Yep. And that's the I mean, end of the end. Yeah. Yep. Then the credits roll, and you're happy that this was only 92 minutes. Fucking <laughs> yeah. thank God. Um, <laughs> and in case you, everyone out there is wondering, uh, you know, well, whatever, slight spoilers, you've you already know we're going to talk about history of the world part two. No, none of those things are actually in history of the world part two. They, none of them would, um, none of them would actually work at, are they? Oh, maybe did I miss one? Two of them are. And if you haven't oh. gotten to the very end, then you won't see the second one. Cause the second one oh. is at the very, very end as coming soon. History oh, nice. of the world part two season two. Oh Jesus! Yeah, nice. Uh, the only one that does show up in there is Jews in space, or is uh, fucking Hitler on ice. Hitler in, on like, ice, yeah. Episode three or four, or something like that. Hitler on ice should be in there because it's a great commentary on the on Hitler's uh, Russian campaign during World War Two. Oh yeah, and like it, it's perfect how they do it because they have him fucking wipe out, and like everybody gives him zeros except for France that gives him a ten. Yeah. Oh, yes, I do remember that now. Yeah. I think I was just really high. Yeah, um, you had, like, Nick Kroll, Wanda Sykes, and um, 
I think it was Ike Barentaltz, uh, you know, like commenting on it and just calling him a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That. Oh, man. Like, honestly, I don't think every single segment in that works. I think some episodes have a bit too much repetition or like bring back the same gag too many times. But overall, the series is pretty damn funny. Like there were points where I was actually laughing out loud, which I don't think happened in the entire like history of the world part one movie for me. I mean, there might've been a couple of times where I like chuckled and that's about it. Like I was, there were some gags that had me actually laughing. I mean, so, I, like, I, I do want to talk about history of part two more, but I wanted to talk about history of part one. Well, I'm going to let you guys do that because I, I don't part two, so I can't really talk about history of the world part two. Well, I can join back in because you can talk about history of the world part one because I don't really, it, you know, they do say if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. So maybe I'll just oh, like mute so my mic for a bit. Say about it. So I know there's a lot of shitty things I can say about I it. Mean, most of it we kind of just said as we were going through it. But I mean, it's just like the lack of connectivity between sketches, the uh, like mel brooks really inappropriately casting in female characters and some of the treatment of female characters in this is just like especially in the french revolution segment oh it's, it's like, especially yeah, gross. I mean, yeah it's, like, uh, I'm like it would have been considered gross even in the in like 1981 yeah like but really it just feels creepy and weird and you just feel like uh, you you just kind of want to like talk to all the actresses and be like are you okay like yeah i know like genuinely this is a movie that feels like it was made by your creepy great uncle like by and for your creepy great uncle it's like like it's one of those things where it's like if this were the only mel brooks movie i'd ever seen i would be like that guy was a piece of shit or that guy is a piece of shit because he is still alive, obviously. But like, yeah, I don't disagree I, with you on that. I, I I feel like you know, it's like I'm glad that you know, and I'm not saying like I haven't seen Spaceballs since the, since I was a kid, but like Spaceballs that I remember as, as people remember it being. It has some oh. really good gags, but it does like basically everything Drags. with Rick Moranis yeah. is great. Everything with like Bill Pullman is kind of boring. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I would take boring over like, I don't know, actively unfunny slash gross silent generation humor. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's sort of part of my problem with this one is like you guys have already touched on. Like, it, it it's very sexist and uh, more than a little bit homophobic. Yeah. Well, and also and, kind of racist too. <laughs> like, yeah, it is. Like, and <laughs> it's it's wildly dated in every possible way. Yeah. Like, Josephus is really, really stereotypical in uncomfortable ways. Like, yeah. Like, honestly, these are the same people that would, like, you know, scream at us for, you know, cursing on our podcast. And it's like, so you think that being, like, racist and, you know, misogynist and all of the other things is, uh, is better than swearing? got it well yeah that's how they were raised i know and it's like it it's just i it's a it's a type of humor that i just can't get on board with like it does nothing for me yep 
I can no, definitely I mean, feel that. No, they just kind of stumble into gags that are like, oh, that's funny. And then a lot of them go on a little bit too long. Like I love yeah. I love the I love the arrival to Caesar's Palace. That's hilarious. Oh yeah. <laughs> that they, they just went to yeah. Caesar's like, Palace in Las Vegas. Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that gag. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a great gag. But like like, you know, it's just like it's one good gag in like a sea of like problematic stereotypes. Yeah. <laughs> Like, they have occasional good gags, but, like, I mean, they're, I I think that the most successful, like, I don't know, two to three straight minutes of the movie is the ending for me. Yeah, like, what, with the everything trailers. Else, yeah. yeah, the trailers and, like, the, the very end where Josephus comes and saves them in the cart and, like, yeah. like all that shit kind of works for me. But, like, that's the longest single stretch in the entire movie that actually works for me. Yeah, I mean, there's also just, like, part of me wonder, like, I'm kind of almost more interested in, like, the making of this movie than what they actually produced. And, like, mm -hmm. I, I feel like there's a better movie of them, like, talking about making this movie. And then, like, you see, like, a skit that they do and then them, like, being like, nah, that wasn't funny. What about if we did this? Like, I, I know that, like, that's a framing device that's, like, kind of cliched now. But, like, especially to have, like, Mel Brooks in that role of just kind of, like, seeing his thought process coming together on this would actually, like, kind of link me to this in more interesting ways. Yeah, but especially you're, you're too late to make it sincerely. now. Yeah. But you're too you're too late to make it now. I mean, honestly. Oh, no, no. I'm just saying like, that, like, I just needed some sort of connectivity. And that's just an idea I had of how you connect all this shit together. Yeah, there's something that you could have done, but like I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm inclined to say that like if you need that connectivity and you, and, it, and we're not, and I'm excluding things that are like it's meant to be built as part of like a larger whole. Um, yeah. But like this is meant to. It's like this is a standalone movie that needs to be have something to like tie it all together and like. Well, and the I, ending it, does in weird ways. Like the callback is appreciated. Of, like I do like Miracle showing up again is nice. Like, but they, they didn't. But, yeah. but they like they just there. It was too little and too late. Like yeah. it just it it. I don't know, man. It just doesn't it doesn't fucking work. And I'm inclined to say that like you know if you just fail to do that, like it, it your movie's kind of bad. Yeah, no, <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't disagree. And I mean, like, yeah, it's why well, it's just a collection of sketches like it's but not it's not even a good collection of sketches like the modern age yeah. has like bet, much better sketch comedy well, and I mean, again, it's, it's a... also why history of the world part two works better yes. because like it feels like the sketches are appropriate lengths they're like they're funnier they're avoiding some of this like horrible gross stereotypical bullshit the the, the jokes are funnier like Oh, it's just it, play into the gross stereotypical bullshit, but like so, yes, but in a way that really now. meant to be obvious that it's like yeah. it's funny because it's bad and make fun of the people that think that this is good. Yeah, I mean, I, I also I just feel like like so much like we spend so much time with the Roman Empire and so much time with the French Revolution that it just feels like each of those could have just been its own standalone movie that you could have fleshed out into something that just doesn't just end abruptly with a not with like a non sequitur gag. Like I, you know, yeah. actually ripping matter. off the ending of um, uh, the ending of Holy Grail. 
Well, Holy Grail is set is set up in a weird way. Like I kind of appreciate that ending in weird ways. Also, because As there is I. a running in court, there is that running subplot of the historian being murdered that like leads to the the arrest of everyone at the end. Mm-hmm. So, like that, yeah. at least that subplot is coursing through. I mean, like there's so many subplots that just kind of go nowhere in yeah. this. Um, but like you know, I mean, like the arrival in Judea is just like doesn't go anywhere like it feels like there should be more to that Um, right i i think that and i mean like the fact that at after the after or jock and the and louis switch we never see louis again is kind of disappointing like yeah you know like again it feels like these are sketches that went on too long but also, you know, aren't long enough to ju- to like put into anything. Yeah, yeah. Like you, it's like you either needed, you know, more narrative or like way less. Yeah, pick yeah, one. There's this weird middle road that isn't very. It doesn't good. work. It doesn't work. Yeah. Oh, I think TJ is getting increasingly bummed as we like rip apart this movie that he clearly has a lot of fondness for from his childhood. Yep. Well, I mean, that's the thing is like I, I feel like, like so a way little of these... bit, but I'm also like reading through uh, IMDb's trivia to see if there's anything really worth mentioning. And like, I could save this movie with the right piece of with trivia. The right piece of trivia. <laughs> the right piece of trivia. So on the third tablet that's dropped, it says, uh, "Don't impregnate. Don't laugh." Don't buy. There's the fourth line is non doesn't translate to anything, but then the last one is don't break. So <laughs> don't break. That's funny. Don't break. But like uh, it's only funny it if you can funny. read um, Hebrew, which yeah. most of, which a significant portion of Mel Brooks's audience can. Yeah, yeah certainly uh, I would imagine. <laughs> like... um, all the Vestal Virgins were played by Playboy models. Also, I'm not surprised why that. Hugh Hefner has a cameo in it. Yeah. Ah, uh, yep. uh, yeah, that'll do it. But yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, at least, at least have something going on with like Orson Welles. Like, I feel like Orson Welles could be mined for humor in ways that, unfortunately, he never was. Like, it would have been nice to have like him on screen. I think at times yeah. as like introductor or, or just like open the movie with you know. Orson Welles opening up the book of history of the world part one. Like there's something that you could have done there to involve him a little bit more that I think would have been. Well, I mean, it's just like, like, he's really significant in the like uh, cave person days segment, but like, like afterwards he kind of, you kind of forget that he's there. He kind of introduces the next segments, but it's still Mm -hmm. kind of like, like, you know, and, and again, it's just like, there's a lack of a through line, like, so, now yeah, I wish there was a little more through line, a little more connectivity instead of just Mel Brooks. Yeah, I mean, it's just like I don't know. It's like he had these half-assed ideas and he threw them all together in a movie. And you know, I mean, weirdly, this came out before, um, be- before the Meaning of Life, which is you know has never really worked for me as one of Monty Python's films. Um, because that has a similar problem of just being a collection of sketches that aren't, that don't really hang together all that well. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think that my major issue with history of the world part two, at least is I wish that the sketches weren't as broken up 
because like there are long story arcs that are just broken up into like three to five minute bits and i'd rather those be a little more together but then there are other words that work really well as just a on this episode we're gonna have this segment you know i don't know i mean i kind of feel like i haven't seen history of the world part two but i generally have always kind of liked the robot chicken format of like basically it's a bunch of really short sketches and then one long sketch in the middle so yeah no it's it's much more just like a bunch of short sketches but they're interconnected they're not interconnected but they're like broken up over several episodes or yes over several parts in the same episode right i mean it's really just i don't know I, I, I guess I should check it out, but like it's worth checking out. Genuinely, I don't know. Like a, a lot of the genuine, people in it are really so quite hard funny. to do. Like Key and Peele just crushed sketch comedy so hard that it's so that it's so hard to watch it now because they're oh, so yeah. much better than. Know. If you haven't checked out, like it's I think you should leave. Between there, Key and Peele and Drunk History, it is really well. This is kind of like. like Drunk History, but more informed by more like the stuff that's even more modern. Like I think you should leave. Yeah. Like it's it, like honestly, it really works for me. It worked eh, for me. I don't know. Reviews were overall. Kind of mm, so. Pardon. I'm not saying every every sketch worked for me, but a good chunk of them do. Plus, it's got Plus like great to... comedy cast. Oh, there's so many great days. people in it. Like, oh man, Richard Kind is really good. Oh yeah, I'm glad that they have him in multiple episodes. I mean, I'm guessing that, like, I know that Wanda Sykes is a EP. I'm guessing that Nick Kroll is, and so is uh, I. Barrett. I mean, they're yeah, the only Nick one. They're the only three like regular cast listed. Oh well, and then Mel Brooks is narrator, but yeah. Mm. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. The the like a list of like guest people is or like people in it like oh god uh the um the jackass segments oh yeah jack rasp fucking incredible yes uh, it, it's johnny knoxville as rasputin doing jackass bits but things that happen to rasputin it's mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty incredible. funny it's really uh, you, you also end up getting danny devito as um uh czar nicholas uh mm-hmm the first the second the second um like there's just oh there's i'm not again not every part of it works but my god it jack works black so much better. as uh joseph stalin rob yep. condry as vladimir lenin mm-hmm. um fucking zazzy beats as mary magdalene i don't know if you've it's gotten so that good. far but yeah yeah yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty enjoyable. Seth Rogen as Noah, <laughs> JB Smoove as Luke, uh, Ronnie Chang as um, Genghis Khan, uh, Kublai Khan, Kublai Khan. Like seriously, it works. Yeah, we're just listing people who are in who are not in this movie. <laughs> who are not in this movie. Who are instead yeah. in the series spinoff of history. Yeah, Part which is two. kind of the whole reason why we we watched this, I guess, because it has this spinoff now. But yeah, I don't know. 
it's weird it's weird to pull this like i just yeah i don't i don't know it's it's just like this movie's not very good i don't even remember liking it that much what i don't know i don't i didn't really remember liking it that much when i saw it the first time like you know decades ago but i mean like it's so weird even when i was young i still really like i grew up enjoying but like oddly enough sketch comedy i really enjoyed when i was a kid like i have fond memories of it being like you know 2 a.m and watching the state on mtv when oh I was yeah like nine you know yeah but i mean like the weird this movie like it's so weird because like so much like there's some humor that's just like 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 really really like like this plays to like a five-year-old and only a five like like dom DeLuise like falling out of his chair and stuff like that like who finds that funny and then and then you have like like you know meanwhile you'll have like like gregory hines lighting a, a massive joint like it's just like like who Does the demographic five-year-old yeah who like the demographic of this movie is just like yo-yos back and forth to like wild extremes, which is also like, if you rewatch Spaceballs, it's, it's also an issue with that film as well. Yeah. But like, this like, feels heavily, like, again, it's aimed straight at like your creepy great uncle. Yeah. Like, He's which is why the kids with are in there. Yeah. Too. He'll watch it with you as he, as he says, as he tries to make you sit on his lap. Like, yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. All right. Well, yeah, makes, yep, makes you really uncomfortable. It's really like, I, it's, I, I mean, it's just like the, I don't know. I wish, I wish, I wish Mel Brooks had cast more age appropriate leading ladies for him to it, it, yes. like, act opposite side with, opposite with. Because, like, yeah. Or the, put a more age appropriate person in his role. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been fine too. Yep. No, he doesn't need to play every character. In fact, it'd probably be better if he didn't. Um, yeah, because he's he's not a great actor. No, like, he's really not. Yeah, but casting himself in the lead means that he doesn't have to pay for a lead. Yeah, yeah but I mean, like his better movies don't cast himself in the leads. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, funny how that works. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, I, I think I... that we're at a general consensus of yes. Has this aged like Malk? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it Although, sure fucking Although I think has. that you both seem to say it, it was Malk on arrival. So I mean, yes, that's going to be the case with a lot of the stuff that we watch. It's like, like, did no one, like, you know, I mean, it's so weird, the shit that people turned a blind eye to. Like, I, you know, this is the same, uh, this came out in 81. Like, yeah, no, no, no. Like, like, it's one of the things that's always that I always feel like I need to point out because everyone loves Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones is a child rapist. Like, yeah. the film isn't like, like the film isn't in, uh, a, a, ambiguous about it. Like, he raped aped Marion as a teenager. Like they like, and then movies just kind of like saying that's okay because they end up together at the end. And it's like this is really creepy when you break it down. Like, oh, yeah, like he's like, yeah. like it. It's. It's a weird thing that is totally in Raiders of the Lost Ark, and they're totally upfront about it, and then they totally pretend it didn't happen. And it's yep. bizarre. It's very bizarre because everyone loves Indiana Jones. And it's just like, um, uh, hmm. it's all about Last yeah. Crusade for me. I know, I know. Last Cru- like you know, Last Crusade doesn't have that connotation to it in weird ways. Like the whole those the relationship between Indy's father and Elsa is actually kind of great. But mm-hmm. like Elsa's a really 
great character in a lot of ways because she's like the love interest that you acknowledge as a villain want to die like <laughs> yeah like she's just evil and it's just like yeah you know what indy's an idiot for for trying to save her because she's just pure evil like and i like how the film just like doesn't even like you know because you go from like marion who's like a really complicated like you break it down as just like so much trauma there that like the film does not acknowledge or address. Then you go to like Kate Capshaw, who's like a horrible, horrible stereotype of like the totally useless woman. Mm-hmm. And then you get to Elsa, who's just evil. Well, so, I mean, hey, man, yeah, don't don't cut out all the other stereotypes from Temple of Doom. No, Temple of Doom is nothing totally but horrible out. stereotypes. Yeah, basically. Like, yeah. Yep. It's yeah. all about the British saving the day in India. Oh, like, also, that is literally how the film ends. <laughs> congratulations to Kihu Kwan, who yeah. uh, won an Oscar. Yes. Uh, yeah. You know, since we did everything everywhere all at once, shit cleaned up. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, you you have just a. Uh, now, when's Paulie Shore getting his Oscar? Because everyone from the Mosquito Man is uh, winning Oscars. I, I, yeah, I, right. I really, uh, honestly, though, I'm excited by that. Not, not, not Paulie Shore potentially winning one because that's never gonna fucking happen but like i'm excited by yeah. like fraser and kihu kwan uh winning because hopefully that means that encino man will be streaming on something and i can fucking watch it again yeah that would be really nice actually <laughs> i, I didn't will realize say that. it was not streaming on anything that's it, hilarious best of my knowledge it is not streaming on anything or at least not streaming on anything ad free how about that? Yeah. Okay. Because it might be fair. on like Roku or Freebie or some Ugh, other shit yes. like that that yeah, no, I have to suffer that. through the commercials for. And it's like, no, I don't. No. I don't want to have to suffer through the commercials. I'm already suffering no. through this movie. Yeah. Kind of like you know. Speaking of suffering through movies, <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, of suffering through movies. See how I brought it back around there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There you yeah. go. So, uh, uh, are we doing official verdicts? Yeah, now? I think it's. Yeah. Even. Uh, I guess yeah. we I guess we still have to explicitly state them. I'll I'll go first. Screw it, screw it so hard. I didn't have any interest in watching this when I was a teenager and like shitty guys I knew would talk about it. I uh still didn't and I understand why now. Yeah. No, I mean like I it's obviously it's a screw it for me as well. I mean, like I kind of wish that I could have like a qualified screw it of like like I could see how this influenced the comedy genre or something like something like how I reacted to like Carrie of like Carrie right. is just like it's a screw it but like it really did have an important role in in horror whereas like this doesn't this doesn't have no. an important role in comedy this is just it's mel brooks like jerking off and it's Basically. just like like he has way more important films to watch than this hey, i mean like I, I, like all you had like like you know honestly like i think the original producers is really solid um and, you know, I mean, I will probably rewatch Blazing Saddles. I think Young Frankenstein still holds up. And those are the, the Mel Brooks films to see. It's not this one. Yeah, it, I'm honestly, I'm actually with you guys on this. I think this is a screw it. This is one that I definitely loved in my youth. But and while it still makes me giggle at times, I think it's more like the memory of the laughs before that makes yeah. me laugh now. Um, I mean, it's not like this doesn't have some solid gags, but it. Like, it's not enough. They're yeah, better. It's not enough. And I think, I, like, and, honestly, and you know, they're canceled out by like the "It's Good to Be King." Like, yikes! Yeah, like, well, that, yeah. getting repeated really like, not appropriate four times, yeah. and every time yeah. just gets more and more awkward. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I will say this: uh, definitely screw this movie. Honestly, I think 
I think the show is worth giving a shot to. Like, it, you know, if you're a fan you don't, of Ian Peel or Drunk History, give the show a shot. Yeah, more akin to those. Yeah, it really like I genuinely it works considerably better. It is a it is a massive improvement over this movie. And if nothing else, like you can watch like what I don't know, twenty to thirty minutes at a time, and you know, walk away and do another one some other time. Like mm-hmm. you're not locked into a movie, and I I it just works better in every way. Also, there are better Mel Brooks movies to watch, or at least potentially yeah, better that too. Mel Brooks yeah. movies. No, to I mean, watch. that's the thing. It's like I didn't mention Spaceballs because I don't think Spaceballs is as good as people remember it to be. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, Spaceballs is like I remember rewatching it a few years ago and I was just so bored throughout the majority of it outside of like a couple of gags. No, I mean, I think, you know? I, like I said, I think in like Rick Robin Hood and Tights yep. has issues, but still mostly holds up for me. Yeah, um, I haven't seen that in forever. I remember silent movie being good. Like it was, it was a weird one, but I remember it being good. Yeah. But I guess that's one of the like forgotten ish ones. Yeah, it is definitely one of the forgotten ish ones. I don't think I've actually ever seen it. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah. All right. Well, on this depressing first age, like mall. (laughs) Shocker. Uh, we are a unanimous screw it. Yep. Yep. But, um, I don't know, pitch things. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll start, I guess. Yeah. yeah. No, you can check out my webcomic at uh, withfetus.com. I've actually been managing to get a comic up for the last few weeks. So, uh, yeah. I've been reading them. Oh, thanks. <laughs> uh, TJ and I also have another show if uh, you want it to be longer and be just me and tj like talking about weird shit well and beer beer um (laughs) beer and beer and other shit i guess um then yeah it's a new england beer reviews you can find it wherever you found this (laughs) all right well well played guys uh but we've been see it or screw it you can check us out on facebook instagram or no facebook twitter letterboxd uh you can give us money at patreon.com backslash s-i-o-s-i that's the initials of our show see it or screw it s-i-o-s-i um i've been tj davis alongside dan murphy and emily schick anybody have a final fucking word jews in space (laughs) yeah like uh i just i I love that delivery it's great Mm -hmm. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye.